there's power music. It's a universal language, you know, and it makes me take my job even more seriously after experiencing what I did with my mother. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant, and I lead the caregiver support group in my local community. And I'm her husband, Mike, a certified caregiver advocate. And this is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know that, well, laughter is in fact the best medicine. And don't forget the wine. Oh, no, can't forget the wine. Well, as we know, your dad, Roger's onset of dementia, occurred when he was in his 70s. And that's what so many people believe is always the case, that it it hits people over the age of 65. But in fact, early onset dementia is growing rapidly and is going to blindside a lot of people. And that could not be more true than it is. We hadn't heard of early onset during the time dad was with us, and now we hear about it a good bit. And it led you to reach out to working age adults uh, as often as possible to help them understand what may be coming their way. It's not just an old person's disease anymore. Yes, I firmly believe that working age adults need to know how to prepare to care and to start planning now. Yes. And that brings us to today's guest, He made his move to Nashville in 2013 and very quickly gained the attention from the country music industry. He went viral after releasing a song he wrote for his mother, who passed away at age 54 from early onset Alzheimer's, titled Blank Stairs. With over 200 million views on Facebook and 230,000 combined followers on social media, his story has been featured worldwide across media platforms such as People, Forbes, and ABC World News Tonight among others. He and his band, The Stallions, have helped raise over $35 million for the Alzheimer's Association. We are very pleased to welcome country singer-songwriter Jay Allen. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time out to spend uh, with us and our listeners today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, y'all. Man, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like a fanboy right here, being <laughs> myself and, and being a fan of your music. Uh, we were just, before you got on, I was sitting here listening to Sounds Good to Me, right? And, oh, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad that you decided to come on the show. And I think our listeners are going to get a tremendous amount out of your story. So good to be on. Thank you. And um, that's where we really like to start, Jay. Would Would you tell us about your mom's uh, situation and your how it affected your family? Sure. So my mother was uh, only 54 uh, when she passed away this last February from early onset Alzheimer's. She was diagnosed at age 51. um, So it happened pretty quickly. And like y'all, I had never heard of, I'd heard of, you know, obviously dementia and Alzheimer's. I'd never heard of early onset Alzheimer's. So when we first started seeing signs, we really didn't believe it was reality until, you know, I moved to Nashville um, uh, about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. So, but my parents, they, my pops, they live in Iowa. So I couldn't be there with her every day. So I didn't really see it, but I'd, I'd hear the stories. My pops would call me and update me and never, I kind of brushed it off or maybe, you know, naively ignored the facts until I get a call from him one day. He's, yeah, I can tell that he's been crying. 
said, your, you know, your mother's been going to the same place to work for, you know, Lord knows how long, years and years and years. And she calls me crying because she pulled over because she forgot how to get there. And uh, that's when we knew it, it was a, a reality. And only a few short years later, you know, we, you know, experienced how fast it, you know, it crept upon her and took over her. And, and I went from, you know, you know, having my mother, you know, I could pick up and call the phone. And she's right there with me laughing too she you know she can't even hold a conversation for more than a minute at a time you know so the story goes you know i'll summarize as much as possible but like i said i was in nashville i get a call from my pops you know the disease had progressed quite a bit at this point and he said as your as your father i feel like it's my obligation to bring your mother there to nashville to spend some time with you before it gets any worse because it's real bad and I said, of course, bring her, you know, bring her on down to Nashville. And that's about a 10 and a half hour drive from that small town in Iowa to Nashville. And I remember he called me every two hours and he'd be like, how you doing? I just want to, you know, ask you to prepare your heart for this. It's going to be tough. Every two hours he'd call me. I'm just like, okay, I get it. You know, it's going to be tough. But, you know, you can't prepare your heart for your own mother to walk in the door of your house and look right through you and have no idea who you are. And that's exactly what happened. I'm the oldest. I'm the only son. I remember I would kind of challenge my mother growing up and I would ask her, you know, some pretty, you know, heavy questions like, and why do you think God put you on this planet? You know, what's your purpose? And she would not even blink without a hesitation and say, God put me here to take care of you to be your mother. And so that's how she raised me. Uh, that's what I grew up to believe. And then the moment that in my whole world looked at me and didn't even know who I was, it just completely crushed me and wrecked me to the point where I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to admit that that was a reality. So let's get out of here. Let's go dancing, go have a drink. So my dad got my mom a little dolled up. We took out my girlfriend and my sisters and went to a really well-known saloon. And uh, we walked in. I'll never forget this. I'd heard about the power of music, and I'd never really experienced it until this moment. We opened up the doors of the saloon, walked in, and I will never forget the aura around my mother changed to expression on her face when she heard that music she lit up was grinning ear to ear that blank look in their eyes completely went away and she was present and so I'm the oldest like I said I've always you know been a fixer if there's been an issue in the family I'd go out of my way to try to find a way to fix it so I took advantage of that moment when I grabbed her by the hand I pulled her to the very front of the venue right in front of the stage where the band was playing and uh we started slow dancing to a fast song and uh just a couple steps in, she took this like deep, deep breath, pulled me in and just whispered, I love you, son. I've missed you. And it just, oh, what amazing it moment. just rocked my world. <laughs> so uh, we sat down. I had to collect myself. We had a good night. They were there for a while in Nashville, um, maybe about 10 days. And I, I saw that we experienced that happen a couple different times with her while she was there and then I found myself trying to go out of my way to unlock that you know that vault that she's trapped in try to get her to wake up for a second make her laugh you know whatever I could do we saw it a few times and uh the morning they had to leave to go back to Iowa I'm sitting in my kitchen and um just by myself just walking around with my cup of coffee tears in my eyes because I'm a songwriter. I get paid to write songs. I'm not that good at it, but I get paid to write songs. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget I had a line in my head. Usually you have to work pretty hard to write a song. It may take a couple of days to write. For, for some reason, I had this line in my head, and I could not get it out of my head. She's walking out the door, and I hear, I still see you. 
I still see you in between the blank stairs. It was, you're still there. It was like this positive thing. Like, like, I know you're still there. I'm going to fight for you. And so I walked into Sony on music row and we wrote that song and it just poured out. Um, I had this voicemail on my phone from when she tried to call me on my birthday and she completely blanked out on the voicemails like she didn't even know the phone was in her hand. And I held on to that voicemail and we ended up putting it at the beginning of the track for the song Blank Stairs. And I just felt like it just, when people hear it, it becomes such a reality. So it got in the hands of some really important people really fast. I didn't try to make it happen. It just happened because I think it was supposed to. And before I know it, you know, they're playing Blank Stairs on uh, Sirius XM The Highway. And um, a lady in San Jose heard it. She's the head event coordinator for the Alzheimer's chap Alzheimer's Association chapter there in San Jose. She invited myself and my band to come and we performed at the celebrity gala and Garth Brooks was standing right in front of me crying. Just such a wild thing. And that night alone we raised twelve million dollars. Wow. For this one event. And that was the beginning of what was just a train that we got on that what you know was going at lightning speed. And uh, very quickly, you know, we're traveling around, you know, the country and even the world and uh, raising all this money. And I've seen just all the healing that's come from it. And uh, it's, it's been a pretty wild ride, you know, and I've, I've tried to make the most of it. And then at the same time, you know, in the middle of all of it, my mother passed away, you know, so. Well, you know, Jay, um, there's a real, real message in there. One of the things that, you know, I had a discussion with with my daughter having lived in the caregiving world for almost 18 years now and aware that how painful it is when a parent doesn't recognize their child. And so I had a conversation with my daughter and I said, you know, if the day ever comes that I don't know who you are, I hope you will smile, tell me your name and tell me about your mother. <laughs> and she said, well, that, that'll never happen to you but I'll share it with my friends. But it's one of the most devastating things that can happen to a relationship. And the fact that you have turned this into such a positive for so many people, I believe that was very much part of your mother's purpose for being yeah. here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yep. She's, uh, I told her at the very end, I said, Mom, we're making you famous. And she just smiled and said, yep. <laughs> so, you know, yes. <laughs> She lives on for sure. You know, it's interesting that you talked about that line was in your head, but the line that hit me the most, and I got to be honest, I'm kind of an emotional guy. You can probably hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but the one that hit good. me was, if I could only seal the cracks, you're slipping through. And yeah. that is so, so true that us guys try to do that. The fixers, as you say, we try to fix, yeah. but you can't, you can't do that. Um, so that line hit me harder than any of the others. Hmm. How's your dad doing? Yes. You know what? Uh, um, he's actually, it's, it's pretty wild. You know, my faith is everything. I'll openly talk about it. I'm covered in tattoos and love to rock and roll and have a good time. But, I also my faith is why I'm here and 
my God in heaven is why I'm here and why anything for me or any of us has ever happened, I believe. So I'll talk about it. And I believe that God has completely blessed our family and taken a giant weight off of, especially my father's shoulders, whom I call Pops. Um, I've just seen, you know, he carried that burden on him for so long, you know, watching the love of his life slip away and having to do things for her and even my baby sister do things for her mother, which, you know, a daughter and a husband should never have to do, you know, and uh, now, you know, obviously he misses her. I get phone calls and texts from him late at night. I miss your mama and he comes to shows whenever we play and he'll be backstage and we'll just hug after every show. And, um, but I've seen this massive weight lifted off him where he's just like, he, he firmly believes she's, she's uh, without pain and in a better place and happy and, She's with us in spirit, and he just can't wait to see her again someday. So uh, I've seen all the positive things that have come from it, and one of them is just seeing that stress and that weight off of his shoulders, and so which has been good. Yeah, there comes a time, you know, especially very close to the end when they do pass away that you get this feeling of relief that often brings tremendous guilt. Mm -hmm. But And, and what, I, what I like to share with people is um, – you're relieved that the pain is over. You're certainly not relieved that they died, but their pain is over there. And, and, and so is yours. And now it's time to focus on the positive moments that you had yeah. together. And, and you found a beautiful way to do that. Well, thank you. We're still, you know, we're still trying to do it. Um, still trying to do that. It's a daily thing, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's the one thing I love about, you know, like social media too. I've just seen, uh, the community, you know, people sometimes I'll, you know, make a post and I love going through and reading the comments because people are talking to each other, you know, trying to encourage each other, you know, through right. my social media. So I've seen that that's been a really positive thing for me as well. Just a sense of community. One thing that people started saying to me from the beginning is you said what I could never say. You said, you know, what I wanted to express, but I didn't know how to put in the words. You said it perfectly. I'm just like, you know, thank God, God gave me those words, you know. So. You, you know, it. we, we talked uh, prior, and I, I said, I don't know how you're able to maintain, especially the video with your mom on stage with you and yeah. seeing your mom. <laughs> I don't know how you made it. I can't well, I had, make it, and I'm not singing. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie; I had a couple gin and tonics before that first one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you just—I made it a habit before every show, very early on. You know, especially you know when we decided it was even when we did that, it was a conversation that we had for you know a couple weeks prior because we knew the date was coming where we'd be coming through Iowa and she'd be able to be there with my pops and the idea kind of popped into my head, you know, what if we bring her on stage and make it a, I can tell the story with her there. And I feel like it's going to make a, such a strong impact and make it a reality for everyone that's watching, make it a conversation in a way that it would never be before. So we started talking about actually doing it, but it was a question mark. Well, let's see how she's doing the evening of, if she's not feeling it and overwhelmed, we won't do it. We'll scratch it. But I remember looking side stage right before I was, you know, into do blank stairs and she was all smiles and happy and hugging my dad and so we decided to bring her on and uh i you know made a habit to look in the mirror before every show and just be like hey god be with me and uh in that moment i somehow kept together the very end uh she was rubbing my back and right it's like oh my gosh so <laughs> there's been there's and now i think it's become even more emotional for me now that she's gone you know just to see faces in the crowd 
that are so familiar with the song and they've had experience with losing a loved one or their caregiver for you know a loved one and you see their eyes just well up and that those are the moments that get me where i feel her with us in spirit you know uh even after she's gone so it's definitely not easy but <laughs> we'll take it as it comes you know? Wait. i have a kind of tough question for you jay and you can choose to answer or not sure. but very often when we're dealing with somebody with early onset and she was very early it's one of the inherited forms of the disease is there a, a long history of alzheimer's in your yeah family? that's actually i mean that's a that's a question i've been asked quite a bit my, so yes the answer is yes um i remember we first experienced it with my mother's my mother's grandmother so that'd be my great grandmother grandmother i watched her um she was it's crazy because it, and then her mother so it's passing along through our genealogy the oldest daughter of every generation so it was my grandmother her oldest daughter and then uh my mother and then the next one in line which is scary which we're all scared about and talk about is would be my little sister i have two little sisters so the oldest one would it passed down through into her so she's obviously taking all the precautions and she's already has anxiety about it and she's very you know very fit and you know has a, on a good diet and she does all the brain games and so it's something that we take very seriously now you know because we know the genealogy so we're just kind of you know praying and doing our best to plan for the future um there is some possible testing for genetic par markers right. Some people feel very strongly that they don't want to do that, and other people feel that they want to know what's coming. But the good thing with your sister, anyway, should God forbid um, she acquire it, your family is so supportive and so loving. Yeah. Uh, and your mother has taught you how to deal with it, so you'll be better prepared if it should hit Absolutely. your Absolutely. We hope we never have to deal with it again, but we're definitely prepared. Yeah, you, you, you can never get over it but yes you can prepare um you know um people have asked me if i would if i would take on that role again because we had roger with us for seven years and my response is absolutely i would do it again i wouldn't make the same mistakes but i'd make new ones. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep yeah i understand that now in in researching for the podcast, I noticed that um, you have a relationship with Abe's Garden, and that the yeah. proceeds from Blank Stairs goes to Abe's Garden. Um, how how did that relationship come about? Well, originally uh, the terms of that have changed uh, since, but um, originally the whole concept was you know they reached out to me and they had heard about the song, and you know I had this idea you know obviously we were hoping we would never get to this point, but down the road, I knew we'd have to, you know, put her in a, in a care community. Um, and so obviously I wanted her close to me. Abe's garden is in Nashville. Right. I feel as far as facilities go, they're the highest quality in the area. So we started having the conversation. They, they said, come do a concert, um, here at Abe's garden and let's, let's talk some more. So we did that. We took a little tour of, of the facility and fell in love with everybody there. And I said, well, how about we do some sort of partnership where, you know, my my biggest concern is when we get to that point with my mother that we won't, you know, financially it's going to just, you know, it's going to hurt <laughs> you know, to put her in a place like that. So how can we assist each other? And the whole idea was let's put her there 
um, in exchange for me um, giving proceeds from the song to back to the facility. And so that was the idea. Um, we were definitely partners for a minute and it was a, it was a good joint venture, but at the end it, it actually worked out better for her to be closer to my pop. So we kind of changed terms there along the way. And, uh, I did more of my partnership with the Alzheimer's association, but it's a, it, that's a great place. I mean, if you're, if you're in the Tennessee area, I would definitely suggest looking up Apes Garden. I can send the contact over for that as well. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned, uh, making the decision to put someone in a care facility. That's another thing that's often very difficult for caregivers. And it's important to know that there's no wrong answer, um, that caregiving is not location-based, mm -hmm. that if you, need, if you make that decision, it's to make sure they get the best possible yep. care and you remain their advocate. And it's perfectly okay to do that. And the other thing that I like to tell people is don't ever tell your loved one that you won't ever do that because you may not be able to keep that promise. Yep. But if you have said that, hold on to the fact that you're making the tough decision to see to it that they get the best possible care. Yep. Yeah, we talked about it with my pops because that she was like, just never do that. She said that to him, never to me. Just never put me in a care facility center. And at the end, we had to make the decision as a family because that was the best choice. You know, she she was no longer able to make the choice for herself. So we had to make it for her. And you could tell, though, there was, you know, it was a great facility there in a small town, Iowa. You know, they did their best. But you could tell once, you know, once she, we got her in there, she didn't want to be there. And she kind of threw in the towel. She lasted about six weeks. Um, but at the same time, she probably would have, you know, maybe – not lasted that long being at home where we couldn't give her the correct care right exactly, exactly. so it's a, it's a tough decision and you don't you don't know what you're going to do until you're in those shoes but you know i don't regret making that decision and at you all. shouldn't oh good you know as a music therapist your conversation about um taking your mom to the to the club and her lighting up i've seen that on a number of occasions where the music just brings out. And we saw that with my dad. My dad uh, was an immigrant from Italy. And so wow. opera was really important for, for him. <laughs> yes. And playing opera music just, you know, it, it just took him to a different place. And mm. it was amazing to go on that journey or on that field trip with him mm. in, in a lot of times. So I can definitely understand and have seen where the music just lights up a person. It reaches down in and pulls that person out. And it's amazing what music does. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. You know, just, you can, it's like almost there's suddenly a slideshow going on in the brain, you know, <laughs> the lights start flickering again. Yes. And uh, it just, it goes to show just there's power in music. It's a universal language, you know? And, Absolutely. Yeah. Makes me take it makes me take my job even more seriously after after experiencing what I did with my mother. Absolutely, Mike. Do you do you remember the conversation we had after leaving the nursing home where your grandmother was? And you know, we had no idea we were going to be on this journey. And you know, I said to him, you know, we're in we're in this nursing home, and these you know these are part of the greatest generation, <laughs> and maybe even a few years before that, you know, and they're playing all the big band music and. And I'm and we're on the way home. And I said, you realize that the that the music of your teens in your formative years stays with you forever. Yeah. And you can imagine when when 
it comes that time for us, we're going to be listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and we're going to be Led Zeppelin on, in the rocking chair, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> grooving along, not realizing that how true that is, that that portion of the brain that stores music is one of the last to be affected by these devastating diseases. So we've also talked previously that you have a new song coming out. I believe it's premiering next week, correct? Yeah, uh, we've kind of, yeah. So it's pretty wild how it happened. The song is called War For You. I'm going to release it uh, a week from today with a music video. And basically what happened was um, I had just another song that I wrote. This was actually, the, I wrote this for, and just to, I want to say thank you um, to the specific caregivers that took care of my mother and then just, you know, doing all these galas and interviews around the world and just meeting people that are caretakers and just how angelic they are just they're they're a different breed of people you know even my baby sister just saw how humble she was and how she never you knew she was upset and angry and sad but she kept it all collected and just did the job you know and so these people are so special and i wanted to write a song just to say thank you so i wrote this song for that but uh you know, fast forward, it's on the record deal. We're looking at songs. And then shortly after we had, we have written, I've, I've three songs done with music videos and we are going to release them periodically over the next few months. But then the pandemic happened and my manager called me and goes, man, he goes, I woke up at four in the morning last night. He goes, this is the war for you is the song we release now just to say, thank you. Um, to all the healthcare heroes and I said I absolutely 100% agree so um, I had the idea to post on social media uh, making a request for healthcare if, if you're a healthcare hero healthcare worker or have someone you know know someone have a relationship with someone or know of someone we want your videos and pictures of you in action and we got a couple thousand <laughs> in a few short days uh, so we compiled those and we made a basically a lyric video a really cool not i mean it's cooler than a slideshow i cannot wait for y'all to see it but i posted just a little teaser late last night but um it's basically just a, a massive thank you to healthcare workers caregivers around the world that you know for me not only during this time i think it's you know it's brought to the forefront because of what we're going through right now but these people have, you know they wake up every morning and do the same job no matter whether this pandemic is happening or not um, so it's just my big thank you to everybody. You know. Well, we'll make sure that our daughter-in-law, Becky, uh, gets a she's copy a, because she's on the front line. She's right a cath now. nurse. Appreciate that. Okay. What's her name? Becky. We'll tell her thank you. You know, those types are, uh, are uh, very special, especially, I know, to people like us who have seen caregivers wrap their arms around the people that we love the most, do a job that, that we can't, you know, so. And she was you know, she was also a caregiver for both of her parents who has, who have uh, since passed wow. away. So, um, yeah, she's a family hero. Awesome. She is. Tell her hi for me. <laughs> well, we'll make sure she <laughs> listens to this episode when it airs because definitely calling her out. Now, um, you know, as a musician, I have striven in the past to write that great American song. And mm -hmm the one that touches everybody or that, that hook line that makes everybody want to get up and do something or touch people. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that yours have touched the blank stairs has touched people in many different ways. I saw on YouTube an Alzheimer's tribute dance to this song. Mm -hmm. 
And I'll tell you what, it's pretty amazing that, that video of these people mm. dancing and how they danced and interpreted interpreted the song. And I gotta I I gotta ask you, how does something like that make you feel being the uh, author of the song? It's pretty it's pretty overwhelming, you know. Um it's you know, I never complained it, but now it's, you know, it's like it kind of just like you just it humbles you even more, you know, because I realize I'm all about songs that are less about me and more for others. I, you know, we have I I go back to my faith. I believe God gave me a voice and he gave for some reason, gave me the ability to write, to write songs. And I found the reason, you know, you can take a song, something out of you. You can become a vessel to accomplish something, to do something good, to make an impact in the world. And I just I just feel like I'm a vessel to do it, you know, like. And it's it's like I cannot. It's like almost I just can't take. I can't take credit. You know, it's just like I'm. You know, God is making the music through me, and just so thankful to see people finding healing because I know the pain, I know the sadness, I know that feeling, and to see people have some sort of you know weight lifted off of them just by listening to a song. You know, it's just it's pretty incredible. Well, I I'm a firm believer, and I think Mike is also that. We're here for service to others. That's kind of the rent we pay for being yeah. here. And when we're given a gift, then we use it to support others and um, you know, through music, through through writing, the way that I do, doing uh, the podcast, through serving, doing the podcast to help absolutely. other caregivers. Absolutely. Yep, y'all are doing it right now. <laughs> well, we've been very, very blessed, and so we feel um, obligated to turn around and and continue to do things and give back. And this is one of the ways that we do it. I'm glad I took the uh, personal challenge to reach out. You know, I, <laughs> I, I saw what you were doing and I thought, I'm going to see if, if this guy might be interested in, in talking to us. And, I, and I'm so very glad that I did that and that you have been so willing to share and so generous. Oh, well. And they're doing so much for other I'm people. I'm glad you reached out. It's so, uh, it's so good to talk with y'all, especially when we have such a commonality. You know, this, there's only so much you can do as one person. There's a lot you can do as a, as a team and as a community. So I appreciate y'all reaching out. What, what I used to have posted in my office before I retired, it was the word team. And it stood mm -hmm. for together, each accomplishes more. That's right. And it is so true that you can do so much more than each individual can do on their own. That's and, right. and Jay, I, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. I'm, I hope I wasn't too much of a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that, is I that love possible? <laughs> I love and, it. I'm a big fan of you. And when you come around this area, we're going to reach out and we're going to come see you. And Probably give you a hug if we're allowed. If nothing else, an air hug, right? Oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> or live, live long and prosper, a Mister Spot. <laughs> yeah, all the above. <laughs> but man, it was it was a joy having you. I wish you nothing but the best uh, with the blank stairs, with your CD coming out, and with the premiere next week of War with You. you. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Thank honey, you, Bobby. You can find more information about Jay on our show website at roger.show. Now, before we sign off completely, you received a question. Um, yes, the question was, at the end of the day, mom 
gets so agitated and, and I've tried many different ways to um, calm her. Can you help me figure out what to do in this situation? And it's interesting that we had Jay on and we talked about music as a therapy and being a music therapist. I would say, go look at what music means something to that person. If it's big band music, if it's the Beatles as it is for me, um, go and put on that type of music and music has the tendency to calm people down. If um, they're depressed or down, music has the ability to bring people up, but make sure it means something to the person. If the person is in their 70s and you put on current rap music, that's not going to touch them. But going back to something from the 60s or the 50s, rock around the clock, those are the type of things that can help. Um, not always, but it's always worth the shot. This has been Roger That, and I'm Bobby. And I'm her husband, Mike. And we're dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes, please post a review, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know how we can help, or if you have a question that you'd like for us to address, or just a general question for your own personal information, uh, please post it on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us or where Bobby will be speaking next, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. You can find out more about HCA on our website or go to hearingcharities.org.